It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. You're very welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Lots of chat to come over the next couple of hours and we're going to hear, yes, about the Loud County Board double house draw that's been launched shortly. Are you in need of a house? Would you like a place to stay? A lovely place? Well, that'll be coming up on Late Lunch today after three o'clock. Andrew Lynch is with us from Travel Advisors in Ret. I can tell you there's been a big win for a little team over there. More to come. And John Lode, the money doctor, he lifts the lid on the great Irish mortgage rip-off with us after two o'clock. If you want to get in touch in the show, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. You can call in on 1850-715-958 or contact us across our social media platforms. Now, I'm beginning today with a very good friend of late lunch. And I, I want to say this to him. I'm delighted, Peter Whelan, from the Whole Hogs. You're with me this afternoon. You're welcome again to the show. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you. And listeners are going to find out now why I say that in a while, because we've been with you, a friend of yours, yours of ours, from the very beginning. And you've had a difficult few days, Peter. Um, Yeah, we had a difficult month, really, because uh, it goes back to the 16th of October. We had, um, I was going to say, a routine... uh, visit from the Department of Agriculture but it was more than routine it was it was our normal Department of Agriculture vet plus a food safety authority man so it was a kind of an audit more so and um, during the uh, audit uh, they literally well he, he turned the place upside down like pulled out freezers this that and the other and there was a couple of items uh, one was there was uh, mouse droppings found in behind the freezer Um there was a little bit of dirt found, when I say dirt, a bit of meat in a mincer, which, now the mincer, the place had been cleaned, but the mincer hadn't been fully taken apart and cleaned because we didn't realise that the place was going to be torn upside down. And Anyway, but look, all I'm saying, like I suppose, um, as a result, normally then there's a standard procedure. Once there's mouse droppings, it's, it's, it's a closure. Now, when people hear closure, they hear, oh, Jesus, you know, he's gone. Uh, it was the end of the world and it was devastating. Um, so what they explained to me was, uh, once you remedy... X amount of things that we give you the list of uh, it'll be lifted straight away <clears throat> so that was I think on a Wednesday so um, they had to go back to Navin to get paperwork <clears throat> and come back to me in Slane by the time they came back from Navin with the paperwork I had most of the jobs sorted one was a little a gap at the bottom of the door you know like you'd barely get your finger in but they reckoned a mouse could get in um, and look you know you, you can't argue with that you know um, so we got it all done and the order was lifted on the twenty second, so it only lasted for a number of days. And that, that yeah, it. yeah. Now it was it was torturous because 
we, as you know, we attend a farmer's market every Saturday. That's my bread and butter, um, as well as supplying a few small restaurants and cafes in Dublin. Now, the one thing I want to make sure is to, to, you know, to clarify, and that's one of the reasons I came in to see you, was the one thing we didn't do, we, didn't, we have a kind of um, a standard format. If, in the event of anything happening, we, we have a corrective action. You know, we, we have to deal with it. And we have to, as much knowledge as it's not nice, we do what we have to do. Straight away, they weren't even in the car. I was on the phone to Breed Carter, who runs the market where I attend every Saturday. And I know her as long as I know you. And um, I said, Breed, told her as it was, didn't hide anything. Listen, we're not going to be at the market on Saturday. Now, I said, if you want to tell the customers, I said, use your discretion, but we're not making any secrets. Uh, it was embarrassing. Um, rang all of my customers who were due a delivery on the Thursday in Dublin, about five or six. <clears throat> uh, absolutely, totally understood, uh, disappointed. But we had to just bite the bullet and do it. Uh, that wasn't nice. Um, we got through it. We got the orders lifted. We got all of the jobs done. And then last Saturday I was in Dublin at the market and one or two customers were coming and they were calling me to the end of the counter separately, you know, and saying, did I see something on a website or, you know, were you in trouble? Or So I was back explaining again. Now, look, it's in the public domain and that's their food safety's job. I'm not arguing with that. So we explained and I said Jesus this is coming I thought it was done and dusted you know we were over it but uh, it started and then locally I was going for a pint in Slane and uh, there was, you could see it would go quiet when you'd walk into the pub and I said Jesus you know I, I just wanted to get out you know uh, it wasn't nice so um, I said I, I gave it a good long you know a long thought and I said to Susan oh yeah I got a phone call yesterday morning to say um, <clears throat> a certain person put up a nasty comment I don't know whether I'll say... On social media. Yeah, will I say what it was? No. Oh, no. No, no, no. I I think don't even highlight that. No, no, no. But um, it kind of bothered me big time and I said, um, you know, the the first reaction, and I'm not a violent person, was, Jesus, you know, I'd love to get my hands on that so-and-so. But then I calmed down and I thought, I said, no, hang on. I said, if if that person is putting that out there, you know, there's obviously, there is talk. And and, uh, I said, there's only one one way to deal with this. And it's probably like, you know, we've all learned, we're watching politicians over the years. And if you keep, you know, if you don't come out and say something, people will come to their own conclusions. So I said to Susan, I'm going to put pen to paper, even though we're only a small operation, people, our customers deserve to know what's going on. So I put the thing on Facebook and it's there for people to see on the whole hogs, the website, our Peter Whelan, uh, on Facebook. And I think that's where you saw it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I saw. And I wanted to just put the record straight. And uh, look, it's it's not we're not the first to, to be found with mouse robins. I'm not trivialising it, but there will oh, there is one issue though, Jerry, that I have a problem with, and, and and I'm saying this, and I don't care who's listening to this, food safety people or whatever. And you know, you were out on our farm, and you know that we have free range pigs, right? Now, where we stand out from the other people is our free range pigs are because they're outdoor, they're hairier and they're fatter, right? Like myself. <laughs> but no, but the factory. <laughs> I don't know about the hairier, but the fatter anyway. <laughs> but but listen, on a serious note, um, the hair, and, and then they're black, some of them are black, so the hair is much harder to get off for the guys who are killing them. So when he was out doing the audit, just the food safety guy, <clears throat> I had a couple of carcasses hanging in the, in the cold room, and I want to make sure this is made very clear to my customers, because it's very misleading on the food safety website. And it says, um, accepting uh, contaminated pork kind carcasses now, first of all, that's incorrect because it was stamped, the carcasses were stamped by the Department of Agriculture. So they cannot leave that premises unless they are fit for human consumption. So I have a big problem with that. So that's one thing. Um, they were hanging and then they said the, the, the contamination was black, you know, and I said, that's hair. And your man just, he, didn't, he looked at me as if I had two heads. So my argument is, these guys who are sitting in offices in Dublin, right, they have, you know, letters after their name and the whole lot, but... 
you know, it's very easy to, to you know to tar everyone with the same brush. And then the other thing was when I seen it on web on the website, there was a picture of a load of pigs hanging up, and it was says seventy enclosures, you know, and it doesn't go into. You know, when people see that and they see the whole hog's name attached to it, it, it can be very misleading. Now, as I say, I'm not trivialising. We were closed for six or eight days or whatever, and we, we took our punishment and whatever, and we've remedied everything. But I wanted to just reassure to all of our customers that we go to the ends of the earth and we're in business since 2007, never had a problem with food safety. But I just wanted to make sure, though, you know, I'll, I'll take any hiding and I'll take any punishment that I'm given, but I will not stand and listen to a guy coming out from Dublin telling me that I took in contaminated carcasses that were not contaminated. And, you know, the, I, I know the pigs. I've been out there. I've seen them and the different colours yeah, of them and yeah, shades. Yeah. And you're right, they yeah, are hairy yeah. boys and, and, and girls. And the boys, sure. be, they don't be thanking me. The guys in the factory, no. they hate to see my pigs coming. You know? and, 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 you know, when you see a factory pig, I'm not yeah. making any excuse know, or anything, no, no. but it's um, a different animal altogether yeah, yeah, and yeah. you don't have, have that aspect to, to your breeds either. Tell me this, going back to when you started in 2007, have you, you have been the subject, I take it, of regular oh, yeah, checks. Yeah, That's I, part I, and parcel of life. Every two weeks or every month, you know. So, like, I mean, of all of those times, never had a problem. Um, on this particular occasion, though, I will be honest, like, it was it was like, uh, it was like the mother-in-law or something was coming and the place was literally, it was turned upside down. I've never seen yeah. such, such, a, such a thorough examination. And I'm not making excuses, I'm just making an observation that this particular visit was... Um, extraordinary thorough and to be honest with you the, the physical effort in, involved in moving the freezer took three of us you know and it's not something that you'd be doing on a routine clean I'm not making excuses as I said Jerry, but I'm just you know making an observation we, it could be I've, I feel for a lot of small butchers that are closing every day of the week um, they're dealing with environmental health officers everyone we none of us in this business go out to try and you know uh, poison people or to take, do, take shortcuts you know we all know what has to be done we keep our records and we we don't shirk our responsibility, but but also it's very quick for people, you know, when they hear closure to to, to jump to conclusions, and understandably mm. so. And people around Slane were like the word on the street was. And it's only when I came out and said this, and I really feel like a, a weight has been lifted off my shoulder. People were coming up to me and saying, "I was afraid to ask you. We heard you were closed. You know the damage that that had done." Now I'm hoping it hasn't done irre- irreparable damage. Like I've got some very good posts up there on Facebook. People saying we'll st- we'll still buy our hams and we'll do this and we'll do that. We won't be able to measure it you know, yet. Yes. But damage has probably been done, there's no doubt. But look, I'm not blaming, you know, I mean, we, we have to take responsibility. I'm not blaming anyone, you know. <clears throat> when something like this happens, and it's the passion of your life, and I know the love that you and Susan put mm-hmm. into it, and the time and effort and how difficult it's been to build that up to where you have it today. Uh, and I understand mm-hmm. it more than most being yeah, close yeah. to you. D- d- does it really... <laughs> Knock you for six, you know. You know when when he said oh. to you, "I am closing your place, oh, Peter." Jerry, you you just oh, look. You don't want to be there. I'll get upset. I'm sorry, I didn't. I know it's. Oh, I was afraid this would happen coming in, but uh, but look, I'll get over. Mm. I'm over. I'm over. But uh, you're just reminding me. You know the, the moment when it was said. Mm. Oh, it's taking your life away. That's what it feels like. But anyway, look, we're, we're getting there and I'm glad I came in and I'm glad and you've been very good and I was delighted to take the phone call from you and when you offered your hand out, it meant a lot. No, look at it. Well, I understand mm, the, the yeah, rules yeah. and regulations as you do more than anybody else and the people in your business. Mm. 
what happened has happened. You you <clears throat> immediately took action to put it right, yeah, and you yeah, have yeah, put it right, yeah, and it's yeah, been yeah. lifted within days. And I suppose there's a salutary lesson for, oh, yeah, for you yeah, in this yeah, as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh uh, no, look, I mean anyone that knows me knows, and you know, and that's what probably makes makes it harder. If we were just an ordinary run the mill commercial operation. You know, you just take it and they say, oh, sure, look, blame, blame, food safety. But when you're so passionate about what you do and you set such a high standard, you take it very personal. You know, you, you feel you've let people down, you know. But you've just reacted the moment ago, as, as I expected. Peter Regan would react with the, with the passion and love you have for this. But, but in life, you know, we all meet these times there are all oh, yeah, yeah. difficult times yeah, you know a- along this road it's never straightforward no, driving no, all no, the way not, there's no. potholes yeah, yeah. there's dips oh no as somebody put up there like uh, every time the hurdle keeps get high, getting higher you know and we, and we and like yourself what you do you know we all set ourselves a very high standard and that's good and that's good and that's probably why I took, I took it so personal you know other people would just say oh look you know it's just another, you know, thing and deal with it, paperwork. Deal, but it wasn't like that to me. I took it very, it's like a blot on my copy sheet that I didn't want, you know. And uh, But we'll, we'll, we will get over it, you know. We will, we will. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on a side issue, how are the pigs? They're grand, yeah, grand. Um, like, the, what happened, when we kill a pig or two, we only kill a couple of pigs a week, you know. So, <clears throat> and you often hear people saying, <clears throat> Uh, you know, you you do get close to them and you find it hard even killing them. That might sound you know crazy from a fellow who's in the butchery again, but what made it hard for me was when you kill a pig, you like to see it being used and every bit of it being used. But when they told me that time that uh, there was a contaminated porcine, as mm. in half a pig or two or whatever hanging in my, like that was just a hairy pig. You know, mm. it was a bit of black hair on it. I was told I couldn't sell that in in the market on Saturday. You know, but you can use it for your own. Mm. So, like the food safety told me, it's okay for Peter Whelan to poison himself, but you can't poison anyone else. Yeah, it does. It. You know, like like make your mind up. If it's not right, dump it. It doesn't matter. You know, it just to didn't you. add up. But and I know I keep going on about that, but they're the things that bother you. When you're doing what I do, I just don't accept. There's the, when we had a visit way back on another issue, uh, like a routine visit on the pig end of it. You know, pig welfare and all of that. A guy came out, and he a veterinary inspector. And he couldn't believe you were there. And he wanted to, he walked around and he says, where are all, where's the pigs? I want to see your pigs. How many pigs have you got? And I didn't want to be smart with him. And he says, well, you're asking me how many pigs have I got? How long have you got? And we'll go count them, you know, because <laughs> you were there. You saw. So I, like, what he wanted was, he was used to going to a commercial setup mm. and he'd walk in and he'd see them all and he'd count them and he'd walk away, get back into his car. But I said to him, you better put your bellies on. We're going for a walk out through the woods. <laughs> and then I'm- he says, where? Hold on a minute. This can't be. What? How can, you know, how do you keep them in? You know, so they're programmed to deal they're not used to dealing with people like us and that's why we set ourselves we stand out from the ordinary and you know for that reason we probably we get punished not deliberately nobody's out there to deliberately punish us mm. and I'm not here I don't want to be here coming across as the victim you know what I mean because I'm not um, but I just wanted to make the you know the observation that when you're doing something artisan and something different not everyone gets that you know customers get it but the, the authorities you know, like to tell you that you have a dirty carcass hanging up. That's that's a kick. That's a real I know, bad and I kick. see. I see the way that is paying you. But look at Peter. That is that is in the past at this stage, and mm. you just got to get up and get moving on, which you have done. Yeah, I know. And, we have, and yeah. that is the message, yeah, and yeah. you have been. You're no, we back have, in. and that's the one thing I want to come out of this yeah. is, and yeah, and thank you for the opportunity. No, no, and you you were back at the market last week. Yeah, you're yeah. back supplying and we're back as again, well, yeah. and, and we're back, you're you're open for business, and we're still taking orders for hams. Absolutely. How many pigs have you? Over about hundred, hundred. Okay. And they yeah. roam freely they out roam there freely, through the woods yeah, and the fields. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the way it works yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
they, uh, being a small operation, as you say, your niche and you only do so much every week. Um, but this, again, going forward, is a lesson and oh, yeah, something you put onto your CV. I know you mightn't want it there. You said it a minute ago, no, but no, in a way, no. you but you're do. looking if it was easy, you know yeah. yourself, if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. We, we, we set ourselves out to be a little bit different. The, the last thing before you go, I wanted to say to you was, yeah. I, I think one of the most painful things, I'll say this to people, is is the whispering campaigns and any, oh, and any yeah. level yeah. with yeah. anything yeah. or anyone. You really are better to confront and talk. Yeah, oh yeah. And don't be afraid to ask the person. Like I would have preferred if someone came up to me in the pub on Sunday evening or whatever and come over quietly and said, Peter, sorry to hear. A few people did, in fairness. Yes. But... You know, we're not stupid people. And I would, it just actually, it's a lesson I've learned in life for more serious things. I mean, this is mm. not, there's people out there with a lot more bigger problems than I have here mm. today. But, you know, like if somebody has a bereavement or something, it just shows you they know people are talking because I could feel it yes. everywhere I went. Mm. And it's not nice. No. And and on social media, you did have one nasty, I know. But yeah, in general yeah. terms. Oh, well, no, to put it in perspective, the, the one nasty got one like. <laughs> And I put up my thing and I put it out yes. there and it got over 140 or whatever. Mm. So that was an exercise done and dusted. And that, to me, I didn't need to do any more, you know. I, 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 I'll I say it again. You're one of life's real good guys and yourself and Susan are fantastic people. Yeah, well, and thanks, I, I thank you for coming in today to us on Late Lunch and bearing your soul and addressing this head on. I think it's the right and proper way yeah. to do it. And uh, with the season on the way, you'll be busy with your hands <laughs> and everything, I'm sure. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks again for the New opportunity. Year. Not yeah, at all. Peter, Peter Whelan, the whole hog's open for business. Thank you for joining me on Late Lunch today. Oh, all the good ones, they're dropping like flies, aren't they, at the moment? Neil Tobin, 89 years young, he's passed away today after a, a long illness. In fact, though, he was uh, acting last year, uh, 2018, for sure, but he became ill then and he's passed away sadly today. A proud cork man, a comedian, a raconteur. I was just looking at some of the movies he starred in as well. Do you remember Far and Away, Veronica Guerin, Pochi and the Nephew? What about the TV stuff in the clinic? Frankie Starlight, Brideshead Revisited. Who'll ever forget him in Ballroom of Romance? I'm sure many people listening today will recall that one. And then, of course, on stage, what a fine actor in The Borstal Boy and Waiting for Godot and so on and so on they go. He was simply brilliant and in his pomp, well, he held the nation in its hand. Let's have a listen to the late, great Neil Tobin. There was a time when we had a very peculiar system of petrol rationing in this country. The Arabs weren't sending in the oil for some reason, and uh, at the same time nobody would admit that there was no oil or no petrol, and yet they had brought in a regulation that you could only get one pound's worth of petrol at any given petrol station at any given time. And it was all very complicated. It meant that somebody would be sort of in, say, Kinnegad and say, Kinnegad, Kinnegad, there's petrol in Kinnegad. And 7,000 <laughs> cars would line up at Kinnegad and they'd all get one gallon each, or one pound's worth each. And this pound's worth was enough to bring them on to the next place, which might be Minalty, my, Minalty, my my and everybody went to Minalty. And by the time they got to Minalty, they were empty again, because they'd only got a quid's worth. And the result was, anyway, to cut a long story short, that at the end of the day, they'd visited 15 different pumps, spent £15 on petrol, and they still had feck all in the tank. And this was known as fuel conservation. 
But anyway, at that time, there were two men in Dublin. They decided to go down to Ballybunion for a golfing holiday, and they were going down to the Midlands using this system of a pound's worth here and a pound's worth there. And they got down to the Midlands, and they were beginning to feel a bit chipped, you know, a bit chuffed with themselves. Maybe we're going to make it. So they got over the Limerick border into Kerry, and they were very pleased. And they came to this village. They came to a full stop in the middle of the village street, absolutely deserted, nobody around, no sign of a garage, nothing in the tank. So the driver got out and he went on a bit of a recce and he came to this, uh, finally, a pub. And outside this pub there was a dirty, dilapidated-looking petrol uh, pump, rusting and so on. And uh, the pub was equally dirty and looking. But anyway, he, he went in, he peered around, and in the gloom he made out the figure of a lady behind the counter knitting. Uh, an elderly lady. Well, let's face it, she was an old one. But anyway, <laughs> he said, uh, excuse me, he said, you have, you have a petrol pump outside? We have, God bless your eyesight, we have, yes. <laughs> well, he said, have you any petrol? We have not, we haven't a drop. But we'll have it in the morning, because they said, no, faithfully, they promised that the lorry would be out first thing in the morning. So if you're here in the morning, and of course you will be, because you know petrol to go anywhere else. <laughs> We'd be able to fix you up. And he said, that means we'd have to stay overnight. That's right, yeah. Oh, you figure that out very fast. <laughs> oh, the Dublin man for the brains, I always say. That's right, yeah. You'd have to stay overnight, yeah. But he said, is there a hotel? Oh, what hotel do you want, for God's sake? You get bed and breakfast here. We do the best bed and breakfast in Kerry. And he said, you, in the morning, you'll get your petrol. What more do you want? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So I better ask my friend. So he... Uh, checked with his pal and they said okay they'd stay and they stayed and in the morning she was as good as a word the lorry arrived they got their breakfast they went on their way they had a good holiday they went back to Dublin and about three months later the man who'd been driving the car came to his friend and he had an envelope in his hand he was sort of tapping his fingers and looking very solemn and said um, do you remember he said when we went on to Belly Bunny remember we had to stop overnight in that old pub Oh, yeah, I seem to recall. Uh, you seem to recall, do you now? <laughs> you remember bloody well, he said. No, he said, tell me the truth. I want the truth now. Did you go to bed with that old one? <laughs> he said, well, uh, I did, yes, I, I did, I did, I did, yes. You did, you bastard. And you gave her my name and address. He said, I did, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he said, you're going to be more sorry now, because she died and left me the pub. <laughs> what a brilliant, brilliant story. And that man could tell them, he really could. The punchline, I was waiting for it there. Is he, is it as relevant today? Indeed it is, because we love telling stories in Ireland. And I can tell you, Tobin told that one better than anyone, didn't he? Anyway, we're going back in time again. Summer in Dublin. 40 years I'm working this year, and this was number one shortly after I began. Love it. Bagatelle. Take me away from the city And lead me to where I can be on my own I wanted to see you and now that I have I just want to be left alone I'll always remember your kind words 
I was coming into work the other morning and uh, the time of year, it's November and it's it's certainly cooler, isn't it? This week the temperatures have dropped away significantly. But the other morning I was sitting out there in the car coming up the Ratmullen Road here waiting to get into LMFM Radio and you know we have the biggest second level school in Ireland on our doorstep here, that's St Oliver's Community College. And I know parents come up the hill so far and what happens then is they guys jump out of the cars, the boys and girls, and they go walking on their way up towards the school. But I couldn't help but notice uh, that the numbers getting out of the cars, right, they weren't wearing coats. And this particular morning, it was freezing, it was raining. I'm not joking, it wasn't a a good morning at all. But out they were getting, no coats on them at all, just the the school uniform, uh, the, the skirt and the trousers or whatever. And on they went, up their way towards the school. Cars turned around and headed back to wherever people were going to their work or home. But I was just thinking... They're heading into school and they're going to be sitting in the school, in their desk, cold and wet and having to, you know, endure classes and do what they have to do in school. I remember the days I used to go and I hated it. And it's many moons ago when we'd be walking on the bike to school and you'd get a wetting and your trousers, the steam would be coming off your trousers. Your trousers would be soaking and the steam would be coming off them. And you'd be sitting in the desk or you'd try to hope they'd dry out from your legs or get a bit of heat and now radiator in the school or something. But is it, is, it, is it the way of the world now? Do youngsters just not want to wear coats? Are coats gone? Are they naff? Are they out? Do they just not want to keep warm or... Are they okay with being wet in school? I was just thinking that to myself, sitting in the car the other day, to be honest with you, and wondering, is that the way of the world today? If you've anything to say on the no coats in school or them not wearing coats, maybe give me a shout this afternoon, would you, on the show? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text, or you can call in an 1850-715-958. Maybe I'm just showing my age. I'm not sure what it is.
From one musical icon, Miss Kylie Minogue, to another afternoon, John Lowe. Good afternoon, Jerry. What a wonderful uh, comparison. I once actually had a photograph taken with um, Jay Lowe and myself. Fantastic. Yes, uh, it was in the waxwork museum, <laughs> but uh, I have to say, I, I was the real one. <laughs> anyway, my ambition is with Miss Minogue. Never mind uh, Jennifer Lopez. I'll leave that to you. You can have that one to yourself. Anyway, John, thank you for joining me again on the show. Really do appreciate it. Of course, John, the money doctor. John, I'm looking at a league table here. It's not yeah. soccer, it's not rugby, but Ireland were almost top of this table. You know what I'm talking about here. Yeah, it's about the, the, the Eurozone rates uh, and the mortgage rates that are applicable here in Ireland. Mm. And last September, the average rate uh, interest on the standard variable rate went down, actually, from 3.07 to 2.96. And everybody might say, God, that's great, that's fabulous. Except in the Eurozone, it's 1.41. Let me put that in perspective. That's a differential of 1.55%. And if you got 250000 of a mortgage and you spread it over 25 five years at 1.55%, the same differential rate, you'd be paying over a thousand a month, Jerry. That's 12,000 a year you'd be paying for that 1.55 rate. So, you know, there's an anomaly and it's not really been addressed. And the, the lenders here in Ireland are, are fudging the issue. Uh, Central Bank are trying to come out and add a little bit of pressure all the time, but Really, what people want to do is go back to their mortgage and find out what is their rate. Now, that's the average rate, 2.96. That was last September. Uh, it doesn't mean to say that you're on 2.96. A lot of people would be on 4% and possibly even more. So if you're on that standard variable rate and that's the kind of rate that you're on, you need to ask yourself three questions. Um, one, have I got the ability to repay uh, the same amount of mortgage that I borrowed originally? So it's three and a half times income. If you remember 12, 13 years ago, if you were on 60 grand single, you could get five times your income. Now it's three and a half times. Second thing is loan to value. The loan to value uh, is really important because if you're property value is less than uh, 80% of your mortgage, then you're not going to get a loan. You know, So you need to have an 80% loan-to-value minimum. So if the loan is 80% of the value, then you're okay to switch. And the third thing is the uh, credit history, your credit history, that so you have no little blips in the background. And the way you check that is there's a new uh, central register, uh, uh, central agency register, uh, central, sorry, the CCR, central uh, credit uh, register, and it's ccr.ie. It's free. You can, uh, you know, uh, write in, email. Uh, it's a free service, and you can check and see uh, a couple of days later if you have any, you know, blips against your name. So those are the criteria you yeah. must meet that if you're thinking if you're thinking of switching. Yes. You okay. Need to have those three in order. And, and and are you someone who advocates switching? Oh my God, do I what? Because there's even lenders out there, Jerry, who'll even pay you on the legal side uh, to switch your mortgage. They want your business that badly. I mean, if, if you put it in perspective, there are some fantastic fixed rates out there. You got you know the best two year fixed rate is two point three percent. The best four year rate is two point six percent. You've even got a five year fixed rate at two point four five. So if you're on 4%, that's a hell of a saving. Yeah, and John, the thing is with people, you see, people have this 
sense of perhaps loyalty to somebody who gave them the mortgage in the first place when it mightn't have been that easy and they think, oh, you know, they gave it to us. Or secondly, they think, there's an awful lot involved here. Look at all the paperwork, all the hassle I have to go through. What do you say to those? Well, uh, you know, it's hassle that's better in your pocket than, than, you know, doing... I mean, you can go to people like me, you know, kind of independent uh, financial advisors who help you through that whole... And it won't cost you a penny, by the way, because to bear in mind, um, uh, our type of of, uh, financial advisor are getting paid by the banks for the business at no cost to the, the consumer. So, you know, I, I could organize uh, your mortgage switch, no problem, uh, and tell you precisely what you have to do. And then, you know, you know just organize it, you know, put it, process it and put it through. It's a simple, simple operation, uh, but it's better in your pocket. All you have to do is just check if you're eligible. That's the first thing. Yeah. Okay. What your rate is, number one, and then if you're eligible for those three things. All I'm right. Thinking. Now, here's the thing. Come back to the moot point here. Mm. We are paying through the teeth for our mortgage here. Yeah. We're paying thousands upon thousands over the lifetime, as you said, of yeah. a mortgage that they are not paying in other Eurozone countries. Yeah. Is this just to be accepted? Can we do anything about this? They've been on about it for years, Jerry. For the last certainly 12, 13 years, they've been on about this. And, 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 and no one seems to be doing anything. I mean, ministers come from time to time. It's, it's really a, a little bit of a game uh, politically. Uh, I mean, the central bank came out there, Ed Sibley, who's the deputy uh, governor of the central bank, he came out and uh, kind of put a, a shot across the bows. Um, but, you know, the banks here, the lenders, are going to cite that, you know, we've got arrears, we've got bad debts. Uh, we're slightly different to those people in Europe. I mean, France, in fairness, didn't have the same dramatic recessionary effect that we had here in Ireland. Mm. But some of the other countries did, and certainly UK uh, did. Um, so, you know, it's not really um, uh, fair. And I think that they're just, they're making profits. And that's exactly, by the way, what happened over 20, 25 years ago now, when uh, Bank of Scotland saw uh, a, an opportunity in the market where there was a gap of about 2.5% in, in, in margin. And they came in here and they decided to bring it down to a 1% margin. And they got a rake of business. Sadly, mm. didn't. Their timing wasn't great, unfortunately, and, and it went pear-shaped towards the end. But they were absolutely right. And that is ripe again now for somebody to come in and, uh, and do similar. It's, again, an example of the sheeple we've become on an awful lot of issues in this country. On another matter, I just want to ask you you this. Um, When you're going for your mortgage today and you have to meet the criteria that that are set down and you're granted a mortgage, is it uh, par for the course with any mortgage that if you came into some money or you have a bit of savings and you want to knock down the capital, that that happens in due course? Uh, no, well, it's up to you uh, to decide. If you're on a fixed rate, Jerry, you obviously wouldn't pay anything off because there's a penalty. Once you have, if you have a three-year fix or a five-year fix, um, you, you're going to be penalised for breaking that uh, fixed right. rate contract. So you don't do it during that period. At the end of the fixed rate, certainly you can take off any lump sum. And there's no, there's no penalties. There's no penalty paying off. Once you're on a standard variable rate, you can pay off as much money as you like. If you win mm. the lotto, you pay the whole lot off, and there's, and there's no. I think you pay a vacate fee. The vacate fee. Is something like thirty euros, right? So that so, that and, and would you recommend with interest rates appalling today, absolutely yeah. appalling? If somebody has some money at the moment, mm. would you recommend pay down? 
A lot depends. And I had, uh, you know, even a client yesterday who had, uh, they wanted to, they were bringing over dollars and uh, from where they had been working, a couple of hundred thousand, they want to pay off their 114,000 mortgage. <clears throat> but they had, <clears throat> they had um, a, 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 a tracker rate, number one, so they're on about 1.25. <clears throat> but the problem was they had no savings, and if they used all the this windfall from America to pay off the mortgage, it meant you know they they had like three kids, uh, and two of them were twins, like aged seven, mm-hmm. and therefore you know in a, in you know eleven years time, uh, they're, they're going to be bunched because they they didn't have the income to be able to save, um, so. What I suggested to them is that obviously, you know, don't pay a penny off because that's a tracker rate number one. But number two, uh, it's the cheapest form of money you can get anyway, and you haven't got any savings. So to somebody who's thinking of paying off their mortgage, I would say, have you got the rainy day fund? You'd want about 20000 at least, you know, between ten and 20000 in a rainy day fund. And then you've got to think about the future. Have you got kids who are going to be going to a school, uh, a third-level uh, education? The cost, Jerry, of one child to go to third level is 42,000. 42,000. You've done it. Yep. A few times. Yep. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Just like yourself, John. But look at, thank God I'm by that stage, at this stage well, my, of my, my life. I will actually finish this, this uh, Christmas, Jerry. And as I said to her, come January, Kerry, you're off the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> but of course there's grandchildren to consider as well and so that brings the, the wheel of life round once more now yeah. another question for you you mentioned there about the fixed and the variable yeah. at this point in time fixed rate long term best option um, well, uh, compared to a standard variable rate of three uh, and a half percent, yes, if you're on that. Uh, in fairness, there are a couple of lenders, AIB, have a very good uh, rate of 2.75 uh, variable, standard variable rate, but that's uh, at certain levels of, of, of loan. I mean, if you're on like, you know, uh, 50% loan to value, <clears throat> and the lower the value, generally you get the better rate with most of the lenders. So um, I, I would again just check on. Um, the rate that you're on and it may very well be worth your while staying with the same lender and asking for uh, a fixed rate some some of these lenders by the way um, if you're on a standard variable rate and you want one of their preferential um, uh, fixed rates they only allow uh, new customers new clients to get the fixed rates the good fixed rates and they would give you some kind of a, a lesser higher fixed rate and that's unacceptable for me that would make me my blood boil and i'd move mm. um the tracker you you alluded to we'll never see that again john no, not not at this stage because I think interest rates uh, in the in the long term are low, are going to stay low. Next twenty years, I think interest rates will be low. So um, you know, for those people who had it, it's still manna. Uh, I mean, there are people who had a forty-year term, interest only, uh, and and on a tracker. <laughs> I mean, one couple free came money, me and and they hugged. She hugged me. She hugged me. You know, because <laughs> and that was like ten, twelve years ago. They're paying a ridiculous amount of money for their home. <clears throat> and they don't care, you know, because they've got, you know, 27 years to go. Yeah. 
it's it, it, you know and, and and when you think about the last of those would have issued what 10 more years ago uh, is there still many trackers in the system oh there is there's a good bunch of them in fact actually uh, you know yesterday i was actually in the doll uh, speaking to uh, a, a certain um, TD in there to try and get across a notion, Jerry, of a thing called the residual mortgage. Our first-time buyers simply cannot afford uh, to save money. I mean, the rents, and I know they're uh, all nearly all over Ireland now, let alone Dublin, but they're nearly they're on a par. Uh, are so high that the young people today, people up to their 35th uh, birthday, cannot afford to be saving for that deposit. So I came across a, a, a notion whereby you get 100% finance, but it's funded by 50% interest only and 50% capital interest for a maximum 35 years. So you'd have to be young enough under, say, 35 to avail of this particular first-time buyer scheme. So bear with me just for one second, because the, the, the interest and the capital interest repayment on, say, 250000 at, say, 2.6% would be just short of €900 Euros a month. Now, if the same person went to the bank, got a 26 mortgage, 90% capital and interest, it would cost them €226 Euros more a month, and they would also have to find the 10%. So the only downturn, or downside rather, of, of this particular one is that uh, in 35 years you still have, you pay the interest of half it and you pay the capital interest of the other, you still got the capital left, which would be, if you borrow 250, it would be 125. But let me bring you back 35 years ago when you could buy a three-bedroom, somebody that patched house in, in a good uh, area of Dublin for about maybe 30,000 max. And you're looking at 15 grand that you still own now, 35 years Wow. Later. So you'd uh, just have it gone in jig time. You have it gone in jig, but yeah. also the fact that you have, even if, if you started with a 35-year term on that basis where it's 266 euros cheaper a month and you've now got your 100% finance, uh, you can, if your inc- income goes up at any stage, you could increase the repayments. Mm. You can start making capital repayments off. Mm. So it's a scheme you like? It's one it's you would like? It's a scheme I like and it needs to be uh, adopted by uh, you know, political circles and then the political circles need to start uh, trying to champion it to the central bank because they're the ones that ultimately will say no. <laughs> so there you have it today, ccr.ie to check out your credit rating. Mm-hmm. You heard John talk about the criteria you need to meet if you're going to switch. Do switch is the money doctor's message today and paying off well it's down to your circumstances and engage uh, with uh, an advisor like John as well. Uh, to go through your whole situation. Are we expecting the annual in January again, yes? In January, it'll be actually next month. Ah, <laughs> you're Jerry, in December. you are going to be getting a signed copy. <laughs> and we will have you here to launch you with us in the North East as well, please God, good, on Lake I look John. forward to that, Jerry. Thank you John, very much. thank you for joining me on the show today. Do appreciate it. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That's John Lowe there, the money doctor, great friend of Late Lunch over the years, and his new annual, as John says there, is on the way. Interesting man, isn't he? He really is. And, uh, you know, uh, you hear what he said there about the mortgages. Everyone uh, who's in the market or maybe in the market for buying a house, shop round. If you have a mortgage at the minute, well, look at switching. I mentioned a few moments ago before I was talking to John about the scenario of children going to school not wearing their coats. 
Listen, Jerry. students don't want to wear school coats for simple reasons, uh, says a listener this afternoon. They're not warm, they're uncomfortable, they're heavy and stiff. If they're going to wear different coats, they're going to have to have a note for the teacher and they're taken away from the students. Then parents are called to the school if they wear different coats. It's an idiotic school policy, in my opinion, Jerry. Thanks for that enlightening for me today. Jerry, the children are not allowed to wear the coats in most schools. If they are cold, if they are told to take them off. If they are cold, they're told to take them off. Sorry, I beg your pardon. So the children don't want to have to carry them from class to class when they're not allowed to wear them. Why would you have to take your coat off in a school if you're cold? Surely you'd be allowed to keep it on. What? There you go. So the coats in schools, it's an issue. That's why they're not wearing them. They leave them in the cars and they go out and they get soaked in the rain. They go into school and then they get colds and flus out of it, just like myself, and they can't go to school. Oh, my word. Yes, there's more of a story in this school coat thing than I thought. It's interesting, isn't it? The doodlings you have when you're sitting at a traffic lights waiting to turn the corner. Late lunch, LMFM radio. Up next on the show, big win for a little team in Rathout. Stay with us. Well, that winning feeling goes on in Red Tote, doesn't it? They've just won the Mead Senior Football Championship for the first time and there's been another big win in business circles in Red Tote over the weekend. I'm delighted to welcome to Late Lunch today Andrew Lynch. He's the proprietor of Travel Advisors in Red Tote. Andrew, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Tell them what you won. Uh, well, my little agency in Rathout won Cruise Agent of the Year at the Travel Centre's uh, award ceremony there in Killishy House in Nice on Saturday. Well done to you. It's a big achievement because you are a small operation. Oh, we're very small. There's myself and another senior member of staff and we work really hard to service our customers on a week, to, week in, week out basis. Obviously, cruises are quite an aspect of your business. Yes, cruise would be. Cruise, I, I suppose in the industry, cruise is probably one of the biggest growing markets out there at the moment. It's going to continue to grow. Actually, all cruise ships at the moment, are, or cruise companies, I should say, are putting on two new ships every year, uh, introducing them to the market. So you can imagine what it's going to be like in the next four years, how many cruise ships are going to be out there. So for the travel industry, it is the biggest growing uh, product that we, 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 we're going to be able to sell going forward. I was watching Francis Brennan on RTE. Yeah. Did you see that series I did, with him I on did. the cruise? Yes. He was, he was great. He was great on it. He really, I thought what was really good, what he was doing, he was going, doing everything that everybody had to do and I thought that was a great way to show a cruise, what, what, in, in t- t- titles to do an actual cruise. Yeah, I'd say he was delighted to get back to his own station in mm. the hotel here in Ireland after what he, he experienced. It's, you know, it's a big ask. It's a tough number for all those roles. Isn't Most it? definitely. Most yeah. definitely. Like the, the service levels on, on a cruise ship is amazing. I don't actually know how the staff produce the service levels they do mm. and look after all the amount of people that's on those cruise ships. Now, a cruise, uh, you would know, people would say, well, I don't know whether it'd be my cup of tea. Are you finding more and more people willing to try it, experience it? Yeah, yes, because mainly through publicity of the cruise companies, it's in people's sort of inbox and it's out there in the public domain. But there is a sort of that barrier still at the cross. I suppose years and years ago it was always meant to be just for the old people. You know, it's very refining, you know, and it's too expensive. It's it's changed, it's developed and it's come on right into the 21st century now. Like you, from It's more for families, younger person ship, you know, with the facilities on board. It's just quite amazing if you see in some of them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's... 
like one of them that was just launched this week actually has a, a go-kart track on the on the top deck along with the, the water slides park for the kids so things like that like it, it's just it's opened up a new world mm. yeah it really is the business that you're in uh, the travel agent business is one that's been stretched to say the least or pushed by the online aspect of where this whole business has gone but let's step back a little bit with you you worked in this business before you set up your own yeah well i'm 25 years uh plus in this business so it's really all i've known uh and i've i've i worked um in tool and travel years and years and years ago and that's where i sort of learned my trade and then i went to work for an agency in ashburn and unfortunately, after a few years and was hitting the recession, that basically closed and I was made redundant, you know, and and even harder for myself a few months before that, my wife was made redundant. So basically, in a matter of maybe five, six month period, we were both not earning. So that was really difficult. So I then decided to actually go and no one was implying in the, in the travel trade at that, at that point. There was no jobs. There was more closures than anything else. Uh, so I then decided to go working f- from home with a home booking agency. And uh, I suppose I had a little bit of uh, an advantage. I had my customer base from the clients in Ashburn, where from the agency that closed, that I brought along with me and I serviced them really well. And they were very good to me as well in Torrentgerry. They, they really helped me sustain a business or grow a business. And I suppose that gave me the belief to actually go and take the, the next step to open my own agency. You know, uh, after doing that, the fact that these customers were staying with me and I was working from my back bedroom just down here the road in Grange Rat. Do you know? So, like, uh, that gave me belief to open my own agency. So, you take the step then, you get a premises. Why Ratoth? Well, two reasons. Uh, it's a lovely town. You know, my my two brothers actually lived there, so they 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 vouch for the people in in the area. That was that was one. Uh, I've I I had a lot of customers that was from that old because I was based in Ashburn for yeah. ma- many years, and it was a, a good base for me to service those customers as well with grown uh, new business and new connections within the Ratout area. 2009, you mentioned there, that was horrendous times here in this country. Like yeah. You talk about yourselves, yourself and your wife losing jobs. So many people did. People left Ireland by the thousands as well. It looked very bleak for everybody. When did you open in Retolt? The- in February 2012. Okay. And, and like Ireland was still only slowly getting yeah, to its in the feet at that it, yeah. stage. Yeah. You mentioned the customer base you had in the Ashbourne area and from your previous experience. Did you attract new customers pretty much straight away? I couldn't believe it. They were like the first day I opened in Ratot, I was only open about an hour and a half and I had a booking straight away. It was just unbelievable. It was like, okay, is, is this fate that I was saying at the start? But gradually it just it worked from there. It was hard because like I wasn't living in the area. I wasn't known. So profile-wise, it was just a new shop on the main street in a good position now. I was right in the centre of the town. So I had that sort of to my advantage. But it was it to grow the business. It was going to come hard. I I knew I was only starting to understand how to run my own business as such. So I had to basically get known in the area. So range, range uh, sorry, raise my public profile. And you get one the first day, and then more follow, of course, and the rest is history at this stage. Is there a huge loyalty aspect to your customer base? Most definitely. 
travel agents will not be around if you don't have repeat uh, bookings. My philosophy on my customers is that it's not about the first booking they book with me. It's always about their second and they're on. If the if they only book one booking, I failed as a travel agent. They need to come back to me and they need to have a want to come back to me because our industry is purely on a service level. Because like we do compete with the online market, you know, and if we if we were just to compete with that, we have to show what added advantage we give as travel agents and all travel agents for that matter why you should book with a travel agent and the service levels that we give from start to finish and throughout the year for your your holiday, your hard-earned money. You know, you, everybody works hard these days, probably more than ever. And they're working hard for that one holiday or maybe two holidays a year. But if it's that one holiday, by God, you want to get it right. You mentioned the online and it's easy to go in and click and book a flight anywhere in the world at the minute. You have all those hotel and recommendation websites as well that you can go through, better price, etc. It's mighty, mighty competitive. It's so easy to be on a phone today or sitting at a desktop or whatever, any device, and book your holiday. What is the essence? I know you've mentioned it there in, in, in the words you've said to me a few moments ago, but what else? What else do you bring to the party that going online can't? Well, I suppose you're more protected with travel agents, 100%. Protection is huge. Like, we're all, we're all, all those travel agents are fully licensed and bonded by the Commission of Aviation of Ireland. But straight away, when you pass any money over to the travel agent, it's fully protected. Your money is protected. You, you know, can you say that on, online? Or you might have to fight an awful lot more to get money back if something happens online. But also, you, it, it's more, you have the, all the insurance liability side of things of what we're uh, challenging at the moment. And we're, we're, we've protect, our suppliers that we go through protect our customers as well, which is another bit, big aspect. People don't think of it until it happens. But at least when it happens to my customers and other travel agents' customers, we, we are there to look after you. We have the, the points of access to f- fix an issue or to move or somebody if somebody's ill or, or broken a leg or something like that. You know, we have responsibilities there. We have to look after our customers. So it's not just about the price. If, you, if, you, if you're only booking something for the price, you, you, it's going to be let down in many other areas. I feel our industry is a professional service it's a personal service and it's very very important that people get that because if they book through a travel agent it's it's about the whole experience and not just about the booking process i was having a look at your website there and what you have at the moment and of course cruises are a big thing but you have some luxury holiday destinations are there are there people really into that that like to do those big ones and those special places yeah you'd be quite surprised I suppose that's where the travel industry is gone where we just briefly spoke about the online market so maybe the the the, um, the lower cost holidays people would go and book, book that there but people when they're booking a higher end holiday and, and maybe something special maybe a birthday or an anniversary or a celebration or whatever they want to get it right they're spending a decent amount of money so do you want a good recommendation do you want to go to a place where okay if I'm going to spend this money I want to spend it wisely and I want to make sure I'm going to get exactly what I want. And that's why they come to travel agents. I was looking at the Maldives, of the Maldives, Mal- or whatever. Maldives, yeah. Maldives get yes. the pronunciation <laughs> right. It's a few pounds to go there. It'll cost you. Is it worth it? Uh, yes, it's worth it. But like, it's a long time to, like, like some people go for two weeks or longer. And I think it's quite long. I think it's a great place to, to bed down for about five nights or six nights. 
after maybe you've done a bit of touring it would have been a couple of years ago Sri Lanka where used to be a huge stopover destination unfortunately they had their troubles there a while ago but like if you're going you could do a two centre to Dubai and the Maldives or South Africa and the Maldives doing it something like that and making it a grand holiday really really good it's, it's, it's really good Sport plays a big part in your life with Toth Harps tell me about that well, when I opened the agency in Ratout, I, I, after a while I said I, I need to do something to raise my profile in the area uh, because I wasn't known. I wasn't a known figure in any way, stretch of the, in any imagination. So I said, what have I done before? What do I enjoy and what do I, well, what do I think I'm good at whether other people think different? What do I think I'm good at? But I've always been involved with school by soccer. And so I approached the local club and said, could I take a team? You, and it was great they came back and they had a, an under 13 Premier manager's job uh, available so I went in and took that and I was with them from under 13s right the way up to under 17 se- se- uh, season all the way through but it was great for my business because I got to know a lot of parents obviously uh, people from the club and different events and things like that and, and in fairness I got, I've got great support back from the club itself it's a great club to be involved with I have to say It just shows you the importance of you know sport and integrating into a community as well and what it can return you know on the other hand to the likes of yourself Most definitely most definitely I, I like like I suppose you, when I decided to do it was I only had my business hat on at, at the start you know but like yes I did but the return I've got back personally from that that was, was unbelievable like the, we won a league we won a cup you know uh, some of the players at the moment are doing really well still playing football mm. as well which is great to see so so a lot, a lot of achieve, achievements made throughout those years you know and, and good years they were good years What's the key to being successful at your business and what you do? Oh, hard, hard work, determination. You know, um, I like I work for my family, my wife, and my my three kids. You know, y- you have to have goals as well in place. Like I always wanted to open my agency. I've done the agents. I've been sitting at those awards ceremony for the last six years. You know, want my name just to be up on the board. And now getting the name on the board and even winning it, like so, their goals and achievements. So, you know, you just have to keep working really, really hard. Like I, I worked long hours on my own for for years to grow the business. You know, I wasn't at home. My, my, my wife was amazing to for the support she gave me because I was out twenty four seven trying trying to grow the business, work hard, and and now we're starting to reap the rewards. It's going in the right direction. It's grown. So all I say to anybody who's starting off or thinking of starting off, yes, I suppose taking the plunge firstly to do it. Once you get over that threshold, then just work hard and good things will come to you. Where would you send me if you were going to send me somewhere in the world? Now, you're not allowed to say the Maldives, OK, at the moment. Well, if I don't you're going to send me somewhere in the world and say, you'll come back and say to me, Jerry, wow. Well, if I don't say cruise because I'm here, for, 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 <laughs> I'd be probably in trouble. But I, I personally, South Africa would be probably one of my favourite destinations. I love selling the, the the country. I love every aspect about it. I love the sort of cultural side. You, you know, Cape Town itself is it, it's, it's a hotbed of of entertainment. You know, I mean the the, the waterfront down there, the it, V&A waterfront is really really a place somewhere special. And then where you can go from there into the Maldives or the Mauritius or somewhere like that after that it probably wouldn't be the top ones on my on, on a my cruise list. you're putting me are you? well no I would put you on a cruise but if you're asking for the top I'd probably put South Africa probably slightly ahead but a cruise certainly would be a place there's something that you should always do 
and see if it's for you. It's not for everybody. Mm. See if it's for you. But it's, it, And even do a tester cruise, whether it's a three-night or four-night one, if you're not too sure. Go and do one of them. That won't cost an arm or a leg. And just get a feel of, the cru- of what the cruise world entails and what, what it's about. And sure, you could be hooked. And and looking ahead now, of course, we have Christmas with a short. It'll fly around at this stage. Uh, when it turns, a January, February, manic months in terms of people trying to set up their year. Yeah, it still is. Like like people said, tre- trends have changed. And, and January and February has or- traditionally always been the busiest months for travel ag- agents. And it still is. Is it as big as it used to be in, say, to back to 15 years ago? Probably not. But people still like to plan uh, as early as possible. What I say to people, plan even earlier. Because the earlier you book, the cheaper it will be for you, the more availability in the top hotels or the best hotels is available. And you're still getting the same savings that you're booking in in January. Sometimes you've added savings with certain hotels in January, but the earlier you book, the cheaper it will be for you. And then, at least if you're booking earlier, you have more time to pay it off, you know. And that's another added advantage that the travel agent gives you. Lovely to meet you on late lunch this afternoon. Congratulations to yourself and Yvonne. I'll mention Yvonne today. Hello, Yvonne, on uh, Travel Advisors in Retote being named Cruise Agent of the Year. Continued success to you, Andrew. And uh, if you want to give them a shout there, the number is 01689 That's 01689 Well done. Delighted for Thanks, you. Sherry. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining me, me on Thank late you. lunch this Thank afternoon. You. Thank you. John Lowe, the money doctor, with us a little earlier on talking about the amount of money we are paying in this country in interest uh, charges on mortgages compared to other European countries. Uh, Jerry, people actually wonder, says a listener today, why there is Brexit. Our government allow these interest charges and VRT and cars and it's all rubber stamped by our friends in Europe. Are we stupid? Well, you'd wonder at times, wouldn't you? You really would have to. The school coat issue really has generated quite a reaction. Thanks indeed to everyone who's been in touch. Here's someone on the pro side. Hi, Jerry. My son had a school coat for school, which was excellent quality, cost less than a usual coat, and he got three years out of each school coat. I think they're a brilliant uh, idea. Value, warm and waterproof, with a bit of high visibility as well. Very important for them at this time of the year. But again, you're back to the point that was made there. You, you need a hood. I think that's the thing that has to be said. There's no hood on the jacket. I think that's animating a lot of people. If there was a hood, it might make a difference. Would it? Would they wear the hood? I don't know. Uh, there you go. Take it uh, as as we say it here and from the reaction we're getting. I'll come back to this. I promise you. I'll come back to this one day because it... Uh, it was just a, uh, an observation by me and a remark on the show today. And obviously, uh, people are quite animated by the school coat thing. Uh, we'll come back to it on late lunch down the road. Now, up next on the show, final break on the way. And then we're going to have a chat about the loud GAA Wee County double house draw. How does a three-bedroom detached home in Bewley Village in Drogheda or similar type home at Seaview Way, Black Rock, Dundalk sound to you? It could be yours for the price of a ticket. And there's another prize up for grabs. Yes, they launched it last week. The Loud GAA Wee County Double House Draw is live. The draw will happen next summer. And we're going to talk about it uh, for the next while with a man who tells me he's only the junior when it comes to the organising of this. I don't believe it for a minute. Thomas Clare, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thanks for joining me today. It's... A dream of low GA people to have their own home for an awful long time. This is close now. This is going to happen. Oh, you're exactly right. This is going to happen, Jerry. And you're right as well. It's a dream. 
maybe we should call it the Stadium of Dreams uh, after what you've just said, but this is going to happen, believe you me, and it's it's absolutely there for the doing, and we can see how it'll happen, but a lot of hard work. And maybe just to correct you, I absolutely am the junior assistant. We have 400 guys working on this, and you'd say, how in the name of God can you get so many people in the wee county to, to help, to actually do stuff? And we've guys dropping leaflets. We've guys doing emails, sharing emails. We've guys going on the radio. They're the junior guys. And we have guys doing all sorts of jobs. Selling tickets is only nearly by the way, but it's just something we have to so do. So there's a big push across the board behind this to build this new stadium in the dock. Look, the site is secured now. Um, planning, we, we've seen the plans and it looks mightily impressive, let me tell you. But of course, there always is the big thing. This takes a lot of money to build. So looking at the strands in building it, you'll be looking for assistance. You have looked to Croke Park, to the mothership. Yes. They're going to help you. Um, anywhere else? Department of Transport and Sport. Sport. And ourselves, most okay. important. I suppose the 41 clubs in loud and everybody who likes going to a big game or even a small game what I absolutely love what really inspires me Jerry about this I, I, I go to meetings with the likes of Danny Nugent and Frank Lynch and, and David Rogers and, and Aidan Verrill and guys that are known for the last 20 years in loud football and you just look up to those guys but they, they, while they inspire me what really really draws me to this is the thoughts of maybe 14 year olds going out to play in this stadium in an under 14 loud final and seeing five or six thousand people in the stand looking at them it's just an absolute dream uh, so it's, it's this, this stadium is not for the elite and it's not for the county guys and it's not for the clubs and it's not for Jerry or Thomas this is something that just we can all look forward to happening and I can just feel it's that close Jerry. it's just that close <laughs> now getting it closer is uh, the finances as I said and this draw let's talk about this for a moment not one but two houses and there is a third prize what's yeah, the third prize yeah, the third prize is 10,000 cash ok how much does uh, a ticket cost me uh, uh, the tickets are the standard I say the standard 100 euro because the last 20 draws in Ireland have all been 100 euro for one house Loud County Board, Loud County Games Development Committee, in their wisdom, thought let's be more generous than everybody else for the same €100 Euro ticket, chance of winning the house in Black Rock, Dundalk, or house in Bewley Village in Drogheda, or €10,000 cash. So there are three prizes. It can be a wee bit confusing. People think, have I an option? Do I pick one house or the other if I win? But clearly you're, you, you've put it very well there. We've got what we've got are three golden tickets for sale. Mm. It's, I don't know if you've ever seen Willy Wonka and the Chocolate <laughs> Factory, where there was magic tickets. I've got two magic tickets, and they're on sale now. Okay, so you a hundred euro gets you into the draw. You mentioned forty-one clubs there. Do the clubs have a quota to sell? Absolutely not. We're we're going. I mentioned earlier, we've got almost five hundred people on the ground now I don't know where they're all coming from Jerry, but I, I, I've been in GA all my life I have reason to be grateful to GA all my life and I'm not one bit surprised we've already got 500 people working on this gig and there will be more so it's not about the clubs you know I, I, there's, there's this idea out there if you're not winning all Ireland's 
GA is not doing well in the county. But I can tell you something, this county is the best county in Ireland from the club perspective. And to me, it's all about the club. It's not about the county. So there's no pressure on the clubs. Oh, absolutely They'll not. do what they can. They'll sell as many as they can. And individuals in the clubs will buy and their friends. You're wrong, Jerry. This is, is, is the total wrong way of putting it. The clubs are the GA. The county board is not... Us guys were not. We're just. You know what? You would need to come with me tomorrow and go out to see. I some know of these why guys. you were uh, in politics for a while. It becomes clearer the more you speak. But anyway, let's get back to this and the draw. Right, a hundred euro for a ticket. How many tickets are you looking to sell? Well, we're looking to sell twenty five thousand tickets at one hundred euros each. And the draw is actually on the 16th of May, so it's only 24 weeks away. It's not that far down the road. Mm. And, you know, most of the other draws are nine-month, 12-month draws. Uh, Aidan Beryl, in particular, he's the chairman of OE Group, he said, no, Thomas, you're not interfering with fundraising for the clubs. We're already, we, we, we're already standing on the clubs' toes a wee bit with doing this. So I would have preferred the draw to be in September. And I had the legs cut under me at the knees, Jerry. And I'm glad because we can do this in 24 weeks just as easily as we can do it in 48 so weeks. So it'll be drawn in May of 16th next of May. And there's no fallback on that date. You're going to do it on 16th that date. 16th of May, we're doing this Do you thing. need to sell all these tickets? We don't need to sell all these tickets. And I, will I, you go ahead with the draw if you don't hit the 25,000? Yeah, if, if anybody looks on www.pickahouse.ie and you see all the terms and conditions there. But to answer your question, once we've hit a figure of 12,000 tickets, we are going ahead with the draw. Okay. So that's pretty modest. And you expect to do that because yeah, the Feckins yeah. have shown your own club, the Kevins beside you there. Oh, in excuse Lear. me, Jerry. I'm a Lon Lear man. <laughs> I, I, I I to, to all my friends in, in the other half of Dunlear <laughs> who are in the, the lesser club in, Lon, in Dunlear, uh, I, my wife is the treasurer of St. Kevin's for the last few years, as you probably you know. You see, there's a border in your house. I know this, you see, and there's one half Lon Lear. I was trying to transfer you there. Well, a as a son in law of Peter Sands, <laughs> you'll know better than most. <laughs> anyway, the tickets are available at the minute. You can buy them online? Buy them on pickahouse.ie. Now, that's not up and going till next week, but all the clubs will have tickets this week, and we, we want to get a start with the paper tickets. I call them real tickets, but of course, online tickets are real as well. Mm. But all this week, we've we started to go out to all the people out on the ground, clubs, you say clubs, but all our, all our GEA mm. people, and our ideal seller is a person who's perhaps involved years ago with a club, who's not really involved in the executive of committees now, and said, yeah, I've been involved all my life. I'd like to give something back. And they're the absolutely ideal guys. Old guys like you and I. <laughs> Speak for yourself. What do you call it... Um if I'm not living in County Louth, I can buy them uh, online anywhere in Ireland. I can buy them if I'm abroad, I take it as well. Absolutely. Online. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about if I want to pay cash for my ticket? There's no problem with that. You oh, cash. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, already this week we have sold, I think, about maybe a thousand tickets. And, you know, most of those have been sold cash or cheque or, or, or even credit cards standing in front of us, you know. Uh, that's more what we are used to, Jerry. Uh, and it's more certainly what I'm used to. I, I think a paper ticket. Ticket. It's like when somebody's paying me for doing the tax returns at the end of the year and they give me a cheque, I feel good. If they pay me online, it doesn't feel the bloody same, Joe. Now that you're talking about tax, if I buy a ticket and give it as a gift to somebody, is there tax implications there? This is totally, totally tax-free. Win the house and sell it tax-free. Take the cash, 200,000 or 10 tax-free. Win the 10,000 euro cash tax-free. 
give it to a relation tax free you know but no tax back on the ticket if I buy the ticket as a gift I, I, I'm glad you, you brought that up because it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important thing of what we're doing at the moment we're, we're promoting a, a Christmas gift voucher scheme Okay. and if, if I buy a ticket for 100 euro and gift it to somebody it's tax free in the receiver's hand and it's a tax deduction for me as the small business person so I'm very glad you brought that up okay important to say it because very all important. these little things can't. that's not a little thing I know that's a major I spoken know. I know I know I know so it's on the way it's been a great start I know for you it's been so well received and for people uh, thinking ahead to when the draw takes place are you going to stream the draw online are you going to do anything like this with it what well I suppose your plans for that uh, my own small experience was with in Kevin's Philipstown and that was streamed but not live yeah and you need to be so careful I know with, with all the GDPR and, and people's uh, right to co- privacy and all that kind of stuff I think you have to respect that so I guess yeah. we, ha- we haven't got to have that discussion uh, after having about 4 million meetings so far but it's due to happen that discussion <laughs> soon we're after getting a lash don't forget Hunterstown Rovers out there too oh we acknowledge that Hunterstown are in, in that you know we, we mentioned Landlayer and the Kevins. Hunterstown Rovers I have reason to r- regret that beat me in about 10 finals in my career so I, I will acknowledge they're bloody sure Hunterstown Rovers a good club uh, St Bride's as well are another club involved with, with a recent house Question ball. listeners want to know uh, when will the sod be turned on the stadium? Well according to Aidan Beryl in, at our last meeting that's fairly imminent but you're asking the wrong man I, I was just brought in as a junior assistant on the financial end of it and that's the, why they sent you here today that's, that's right see yeah. that yeah, he yeah. kicked a touch on that one it's imminent it's imminent he yeah, says yeah. and uh, we have other questions there as well people questioning why go for a stadium when you don't have a team at the minute well as Thomas said who, the GAA, who, who said we don't the, have a team the GAA is more than uh, a, a team winning an All-Ireland title do you know what the GAA is Jerry? It, it's like the credit union in my humble opinion it's one of the few surviving worthwhile institutions in this country because I've grown up with GA and with Credit Union and loads of other things but uh, from a community perspective you can't beat the GA and I listened to your previous speaker Andrew and he spoke about training the under 13 teams I'm not just saying GA exclusive of all, of all the other goods any of the sporting organisations it's just that GA is in every parish I suppose junior soccer is just not in every parish but doing a great job and that's all I, I, all day long uh, I, I love to hear guys like Andrew and I spoke to him after your programme there they're the people who are worth talking about do you see winning Sam Maguire is great let them win it let them win it that's when the stadium is built the success yes. will follow yeah, anyway anyway the draw mention that website again we can get your ticket uh, pickahouse.ie Nice to see you today. Good luck with the draw and I'm sure it's going to be an unfettered success for Loud GA. Thomas Clare, Thank thanks for joining Thank me you, on Jerry. the show. That's a lot on late lunch for this Wednesday afternoon. Eddie's up next with The Drive. See you tomorrow, half one. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.